This episode of the Grown Up Girls Report is brought to you by McAfee, the world's leading cybersecurity company. Now, some of you may know that in my other life, I am McAfee's cyber mum, which means my job is to help families stay on top of the latest developments in the online world. We all know being a digital parent is a really tough gig. It can often feel completely overwhelming trying to stay ahead of the latest apps, games and risks. Well, here's some good news. If you want to ensure your family has Rolls-Royce level protection across all their devices, then listen up because McAfee is giving away 20 12-month subscriptions of its premium protection security software called LiveSafe to listeners of this podcast. Simply be one of the first 20 listeners to message me at my Cybermum AU Facebook page and you can score McAfee's award-winning software worth nearly $150. How good is that? Good luck. So welcome everybody to this episode of the Grown Up Girls Report podcast. Today we're going to be speaking about why grown up career girls need social media. Now I know this is a little bit of a controversial one. Many grown up girls are on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter, but there's a lot that say, you know what, I'm not buying into that. So today we're going to talk about how important social media can be if you want to ramp up your career or you want to basically possibly get a promotion at work. Social media can be an amazing tool. We all know that being female and having a career can often be a little complicated. We may be juggling work, fertility treatment, working kids. We may have taken time out of the workforce to raise our kids full time. We may also be managing our aging parents while managing a big career job and maybe kids. And there might be community responsibilities too. So as a result of that, many of us are time poor and we don't always put ourselves at the top of the list. We are very good at prioritizing others, whether it's our kids or our parents or our spouses. So therefore we don't invest in ourselves like we should in an ideal world. But then what happens when that day comes and you think, you know what, I wanna rev up my career or I wanna get back into the workforce after taking some time out to look after my parents or my kids. That can get a little bit complicated. Many of us have just done the bare minimum, possibly in terms of networking or professional development, because we haven't had time. But then someone might ask you about your personal brand, and it all just feels a little bit silly, and and everyone's a little bit unsure of what that means. So if you want a career change or you want to ramp up your career, you need to start thinking about your personal brand, because that is an incredibly important part of trying to secure your next career option. Today, we are going to be speaking with someone who is an expert in this area, a lovely old school friend of mine, Fiona McLean, who is the founder, creator, and visionary of uh, a new Aussie startup called The Social Index. So we're we're going to hear from Fiona about why grown-up girls need social media and how it can be an incredible resource to basically ramp up your career. And we know the Grown Up Girls podcast is all about giving us grown up girls a leg up. We want to share our tips and insight so we can shine. So in the spirit of that, Fiona is going to help us today understand why we need social media. And she's also going to share with us about her new WhizBang online tool that can provide users with an analysis of their personal brand. So welcome, Fiona. Thank you, Alex. It's lovely to be part of this. Oh, look, it is so lovely to see you. And um, I have to say that Fiona and I have we've been Facebook friends, actually, and this is a very good yes. example of the, yep. the power or the importance of social media. So we haven't seen each other in person for a long time. We mm. um, did have our 30-year school reunion. Quietly said, yeah, yes. Quietly, just quietly, just whispered. Mm. A lot better that way. Um, a few weeks back, but mm. before that, we hadn't really eyeballed each other in no. person for many years. But because we had that relationship on social media, when we did so, it just felt like a continuation of the conversation. Absolutely, and I, that's what I love about Facebook in particular is I never get to see my close friends, family as much as I want, and particularly those overseas. It's very hard to do that. But it's those little conversations online just keep you up to date, so you don't have to ask that big question: What have you been doing for the exactly. last twelve years? Absolutely. You can talk about how's your dog. <laughs> 
Glad to see you had a great holiday. And you know, those moments are exactly what make great friendships. They are. So, they yeah. sort of feed it, don't they? It's exactly. like watering, fertilizing exactly. the friendship, <laughs> fertilizing the friendship. Absolutely. So, so when I reconnected with Fiona at the uh, at, at our recent school reunion, I thought, you know what? She has such incredible insight into the role social media can play, particularly for women wanting to rev up their careers. And this new amazing technology she has will be an amazing tool. I really think it'll be really quite life changing for a lot of people. So. Fiona, why don't we start with yeah. not 25 words or less, let's go 150 <laughs> words or less, a little bit of an overview of, mm. of how you got to be, how you got the vision for the social index mm. and a little bit of your life story. <laughs> I know that's very wise. Yes. Well, 150 words, probably better if we went 25 okay. just to be succinct. But look, it's really lovely to be part of it. I've really spent a lot of my career around HR and HR in the business, running business line roles and all of that experience, whether it's been here in Sydney doing investment banking roles and HR roles and industrial relations, a very broad span of industries, as well as living and working overseas. Um, the reputation and the friendships you make along the way have been really interesting to me. So that sort of sparked a thought and a, it actually came out of a bit of a problem in the workplace when we were recruiting for a particular business unit and our assessment tools weren't fit for purpose. We had to find career changes. So looking for people who are great accountants was not going to help us find great people for this new role. We're really looking at behaviours. And it was really social media that helped us solve that problem. And we came to it a little bit uh, adversely in the sense of people making some judgments about candidates. But actually, when we looked underneath why they were making those judgments, it became very clear that these individuals were actually perfect for the roles we were looking at. And I simply thought, well, it can't be that hard to solve. And I could say that because I had no technology experience. So had I known what technology would be involved, it was actually very hard right. <laughs> to solve for. Okay. But reputation is really the essence of how you get jobs and how much a company or a person or a team or a client can trust you. And if you can showcase that in a way that you're really comfortable with, that can lead to almost any opportunity you're seeking, whether it's right now or in the future, and it's building that network. So that's where it came about, thinking, well, we must be able to systemize this. We must be able to help people understand in the way that I've been able to see how executives think about building their businesses, how they want their teams to look, who they need in their teams, how do we actually think about diversity in different ways and how do we go and find those people? And so that's how the social index came about. Okay. Bit of an easy way to solve it. And I then like as it. I got under the, the bonnet of that problem and had some, and still do, an awesome team who've really been part of the journey on this. And it's lovely for us to come out the other end and see the impact it's having. Um, but being able to talk to people and say, this is how you can understand what your real assets are in the workplace, mm -hmm. how your communication mm -hmm. style reflects your personality is really critical. And it's lovely that we've moved from a workplace that is very much a work persona nine to five and your real self after that. The fact that we are now seeing what we call authentic people in the workplace. It. Oh, it's about time, isn't it? It is. Oh, I mean, authentic is a, exactly. It's an overused word, but it's such an important word these that's days right. and that's where social media can be a real asset if it's used well so, no yeah. absolutely absolutely so so let's talk about the incredible juggling act that yeah. women do in the workforce yeah. so over my how long have i been juggling work and children it would be 23 years now which makes me sound incredibly old <laughs> so i over my 23 years have worked full-time i have worked part-time i've worked on a contract basis i've had a quick a couple of year hiatus also while juggling children of various ages in various childcare arrangements. And you know what? It's been really tough. It's mm. been incredibly tough. And um, I have often felt completely depleted the whole process. Mm. I'm very glad I was somehow pulled it off. I don't quite know many, <laughs> many of the details because a lot of it's quite a blur. Mm. But I'm very glad that I somehow made it happen a lot of amazing support along the way um, but women women I suppose by by virtue of our biology and our perceived position in the family and 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 all the permissions we give ourselves tend to take on that that main yeah. domestic role um, but you know it may not be children you might be juggling you may be juggling aging parents yep you may be mm -hmm. juggling a lot of community responsibilities but women tend to be the bigger jugglers yeah. is that what you see Fiona in your HR Experience. It's definitely been the majority of cases and certainly the questions I've had in HR roles is it's has come more from middle to senior 
women managers, how do I navigate this? Or, you know, as you said earlier, the fertility treatments, how do I balance my health through that and, and a big job? I've got aging parents, you know, the kids want a new puppy. The puppy has often been a bigger issue <laughs> to right. manage the needs of the puppy late at night and very tired executives. Yes, exhausted. Um, so I think that's been a real challenge for people to not only navigate but also feel as confident as everyone else in the workplace to take on a new role. I mean, I've been lucky to be in organisations where people have been on maternity leave and we've thought they're the best person for this role coming and promoted them on maternity leave. Wow, um, so that is incredible. Can I just say that yeah. is incredible. So lucky, you know, great executive teams, really just about building great teams. But I do know, um, and through my own experience too, that is more the exception than the rule. Yes. I do think that's shifting, but it is a challenge. More women are juggling. Um, and I think we're at the early stages of getting a bit more balanced, but that will take a lot of years and a yes. lot of discussions. Yes, so, yes. Yep. I feel like, though, if I compare my life to, and obviously my children mm. are older, but 23 years ago when I was juggling, I really had to almost disguise my juggle. Yes. Yep. Like I wasn't able to really yep. workshop Absolutely. with my co-workers, a lot yep. of whom didn't have children. Yep. And I really didn't want to be seen to be high maintenance or needy because yep. of all of the complications of my yep. domestic life. Yeah. But fast forward to 2019, if I was juggling four small children now, which, mm. which I'm not, um, I think I would... I feel much more supported at work and I would be able to workshop and there'd be a lot more support for me because I think we're, we're, we, with workplaces really now want women and the yep. juggling is very much a part of their the experience for an employer. Yeah, I think um, a lot of employers and a lot of just good businesses have recognised the loss of talent when mm. you don't allow us. And, you know, parents, there's usually two but not always and so if it's not two parents, there's community things you have to balance, parents and other carers coming in for children. So I think the conversation's evolved. I think there's still a way to go, um, but it's lovely to see a bit more of that conversation being more overt and flexibility being talked about. But again, there's lots of generational change still to be. Yes, we still have work to do, don't we? Yes, exactly. But it's tough. Women will definitely pick up the, the bulk of that work. Yeah. No, absolutely. I can attest to that myself. So, so as a result of the juggle, um, many women just don't seem to have the time to invest in themselves or, as importantly, give themselves permission to do so. So so whether it's um, going to – so if, assuming you are working, whether it's going to a networking event or whether it's um, involving yourself with um, – like a like a, a co-worker party or whether it's reading articles we just tend to take a bit of a back seat mm. on that and obviously we've got time pressures yep. but is this something you've seen as well absolutely i think there is a for me it's really been a case of the women not giving themselves as much permission as the men do and at least there was an example recently and it was very anecdotal i was waiting for a meeting i was just grabbing a coffee in this lovely coffee shop in the city and I looked around and 95% of the coffee shop was male. And they were all having lovely conversations, introducing each other to other people, saying hi. And it was about 10.30 in the morning. And it really struck me that no women were there just having a meeting without purpose, is what one of my teens used to call it, just to build that relationship, invest in the relationship with their colleagues, get to be seen in an environment where other industry people would be coming through and just actually give themselves some time. And I thought that's a really great example of women not giving themselves time to invest in their network. And I was watching these conversations, totally distracted from the work I was there to do. Absolutely. <laughs> observing though. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And, you know, people watching is one of my great sports. Mm. But it was fascinating to watch how open these conversations were, how inclusive they were, and really how helpful these conversations were between these guys. And they were all... There was a shift change at every half hour because <laughs> my meeting was running late and I was fine with this. But you know, every half hour, forty there would be another group. But it was always, it was majority men. And it was really interesting. It wasn't a pub conversation. It wasn't the traditional networking you think that is actually hard to do outside of hours. This is something you're probably grabbing a coffee in the office and going back to a laptop and sitting there and not talking. Whereas this was a really good investment in their career and the, in their ability to perform really well by getting some insights as to what was happening and and sharing those insights back with other people or back into the workplace and I could hear that conversation so that permission is really really important and it doesn't need to be a big two-hour event because they can be both tiresome in the event itself but squeezing that in between other commitments so reading an article that's coming through or giving yourself time when you're making that coffee or popping out for a walk and listening to a podcast can be just as effective. So so interesting, Fiona. Mm. So interesting. I just know those days where yeah. I would have four drop-offs in the morning and then I'd have 
four pickups within seven or eight hours and I had so much I had to pump out I could barely even go to the bathroom right so so you know that was exactly. a luxury sometimes the bathroom is a luxury it unfortunately was, it so. was it was so 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 for me I I really did get very immersed in those time pressures and I don't think I even factored in networking yeah. you know in my, my field which is communications that was that was a luxury for me but I think you make a really good point more women more women yes. need to do that and so so, so Fiona do you mind telling the listeners exactly what we mean when we talk about our personal brand absolutely and it's a it's a phrase we don't use very much here in Australia but it is very popular elsewhere and becoming more popular but it's essentially how people interact with you and how they feel about you so how they would talk about you if you you weren't there Alex is a great communicator so it's really about your skills and the reputation you leave behind I think there's a and it's all the little actions you do, but there's a really lovely commentator called Rachel Botsman. She does some wonderful work around reputation and brand and, and also privacy. So a great podcast to follow, but she really talks about your reputation being the way that a community can trust you. Okay. And so this is where I love social media is because you can evidence that and you can create networks and communities that reinforce that and also give you some real-time feedback about how you might be perceived by colleagues and clients where you may not get that direct feedback, but it's really who you are, what skills you bring to the table and how you go about working with people and for people. Okay, no, that's really good to know. So when we think about personal brand, Fiona, I'm sure there are a couple of different components to it. Mm -hmm. So there would be, so I'm thinking really more in terms of if we're applying for a job and thinking about our personal brand then. Mm -hmm. So there would be the CV that we would submit to a potential employer. absolutely. And then there would obviously also be our online footprint or the the impression Mm -hmm. or the, the opinion they, you know, they generate um, or they receive about us once Googling mm. us online, yep. stalking us online for whatever, for whatever better word. So so let's just talk about social media. So yep. I know just within my own social group, there mm. are the vast majority of women are on social media and, yep. you know, across the major big platforms, you know, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram and, and LinkedIn. But there are some that just don't want to be involved. Yeah. And this is a no judgment podcast. Yes, and you know, yep. full credit to them. I, you do not need to, yep. you know, you, you know, you do not need to justify your opinions. But um, but but I do worry that if you wanted to apply for a job and you didn't actually have that online part of your personal brand active, that it possibly may be a little bit detrimental. Now, please correct me if I'm wrong. Do you think it is an essential part of your personal brand having an online presence? Uh, look, I think it. It is really critical these days, but not for every industry. And so the big four you talked about are absolutely really important, but they're not always for every industry. And so there'll be some like IT, well, you know, LinkedIn might be number five on the list. They'll go looking for candidates. But to not have a presence um, is a really interesting choice these days. And I think it's still valid for a small group who, for whatever reason, sure, personal sure. or professional, yeah. don't want to be on there. Like but, we were just, sorry, we were chatting before yeah. about how I've got some, some lawyer friends yeah. who will not touch social media yeah, yeah. and possibly within those circles that's no problem yep. you know that's no problem yep. but there are still some lawyers that are very happy to to have an online Absol- presence and just curate it Absolutely. accordingly yes. so yes so i think there is a case where you know a lot of our first impression now happens online and you know i think when we were starting to work you got instructions about how to present yourself when you walked into a room you know that classic shoulders oh, yes, back totally suit all of that sort of stuff and that's still really important but all of that's happening online. And so if you don't have a present on, online, people are going to make assumptions about you. And nine times out of 10, when there's nothing there to guide them on how to think about you, it's usually going to be a negative thought. It might be that you don't understand change or you're not a good communicator, all the things that might not be true, but you haven't guided them into how to fill that vacuum of information about you. So I think not having a presence is, that's one of the problems. I think the other part is that building a reputation and building a conversation online can be a really easy way to build rapport before you're in the room. And as I often say to clients and people we've done seminars for, it's about having a presence that when you walk into that room, because people want to hire you if you're in the meeting room, they're giving up their time. It's a huge investment in you. It's really actually validating everything they've learned about you from the CV and the presence. And you've actually learned a lot about them and their industry through your connections online. So it can just curate that piece very effectively, but it can also shorten that cycle between, do I want to work in this company too? I can't wait to start. And equally for that advocacy to come from the people hiring you as well. So I think it's 
it's a, it has to be a very deliberate choice these days to not be online. A couple of years ago, not such a big deal, but now we're seeing people lose future talent for their teens by not having a presence online. They're losing clients because if clients can't find you, again, because they're making assumptions about you that aren't positive, and equally, the first impression, first impression is that you don't really want to, you don't care. And so, and that usually isn't the case. It's but not it's at just, all. As you yeah. said, that negative assumption yeah. that someone's going and to. Whenever we've encountered into... someone or done some coaching for someone who hasn't had a strong presence, they're very invested in their career. They're very invested in being a good team player and a good leader, um, but there's no evidence of that. And when we point to them, the different demographics in the workplace now, you're going to need to adjust to that as well. So. Yeah, no, that look, that is that is so interesting. Um, and look, I love stats. And look, recent figures show that there are 15 million active users on Facebook a month, 9 million on Instagram, 4.7 on Twitter, and 4.5 million on LinkedIn. So if, for example, Fiona, I am a female, because of course I'm listening to the Grown Up Girls Report podcast, <laughs> um, and, I, and I think, okay, you know what, I haven't had a very active presence on social media. Yeah. I really want to ramp it up. Yeah. Where should I start? What should I do? Look, I love stats too. Yeah. And... I think LinkedIn is a great place okay. to start for many of the professional type roles or white collar roles. And it doesn't need to be the lead partner in law firm or the top accountant. It can be a call centre. You know, those can be really great tools. And there was actually a study talking about stats a couple of years ago now, sort of about 2016, by JobSeeker. It's a, a career builder site in the UK, in the US, sorry, um, where they did a survey of the market. It was a really interesting shift in where you should have an online presence or not. And a lot of the stuff they were finding, it should have shifted that 44% of people were getting hired because of the professional image they conveyed online. Interesting. So LinkedIn's a great one. You've got a good photo. You can do that. It qualified their personality. It gave evidence of experience. Yes. It said they were a good fit for the business just by that first impression online. So if you create a story about who you are for the workplace online, you actually are creating a whole range of opportunities that you, you probably don't know about unless you're online. So I think LinkedIn's a great start. If you're in some more creative spaces or communication issues, maybe Facebook and Instagram are better yes, for you. I would agree with that. Um, and sometimes we find that sites like Pinterest or even eBay are great ways to prove sales skills if you haven't had a sales role for a while, if you're taking a sabbatical or you're going into that because you can evidence that you've created a shop, yes. you've created a brand, you've created stories and you've created revenue. And I've had graduate candidates come through to me with a CV, clearly no work experience, but the ability to sell online and we've given them a go. Wow. Because okay. they've actually shown a whole range of attributes yes. that will say, we can invest in you because you're willing to give it a go. Um, we knew they were pretty raw. So. It's okay. <laughs> but that's okay. You, you take you know, aptitude and interest and curiosity over someone who's proven but not necessarily interested in the role. Yeah, so. no, that's so interesting. That's so interesting. So let, if we talk about LinkedIn again, are mm. there are there any particular golden insights you can share about LinkedIn? So if I'm starting yeah. afresh, is yeah. there anything, you know, is it, is it worth, for example, investing in a, in, 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 a, in a swanky photograph? Is it worth paying someone to take a great photograph of you? Or is it worth getting someone to help you curate and, and actually prepare your LinkedIn profile? Um, look, I'm happy to share some tips around that. I think with smartphones today, you don't need to pay Good. for a photo. And Good I news. think a lot of social media, you can do it for free. In fact, I often advocate not paying for the first one because you've got a great smartphone or if you don't have one, a friend will. Hmm. Pop it on portrait mode. Yes, that new portrait mode. Can I just it's say? Amazing. 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 I yep. love it. Yep. Yep. Blur like, the background a bit. Oh, absolutely. Save yourself 400 Perfect. bucks. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, if you're near, say, Sydney, pop into the city and find a lovely sandstone building. Terrific. Or go into someone's back garden or ne next to a building that is professional or in a room that you feel comfortable in and take a photo shoulders up and don't you don't necessarily need to have corporate suit on but you do need to be professional so there are times when you see women who might have taken a photo at a wedding or they're at a casual function if your industry isn't casual it's going to send a wrong message that you might not be able to dress appropriately for client events right so generally i would say cover your shoulders in okay. a event because you it is going into the public domain and you just want to take a little bit more of a conservative mm. line there but it still should showcase your personality if you love big earrings or jewelry go for go it go for it Great. absolutely okay. so, <laughs> because that's who you're going to be day to day course, so i think course. absolutely professional photo but through portrait mode on your smartphone so no expense required terrific there whatsoever 
Um, don't go and buy a new dress. And if you're not sure about makeup, pop into one of the department stores yeah. and get a makeover for totally. free. Yeah. You might need a new lipstick and yeah. they'll do it for you for Absolutely. free. So Absolutely. just say what I you're doing. That. Exactly. I find you can often buy two products and exactly. they'll make you up. Exactly. And you look amazing. Exactly. Go awesome. in sort of at a time when it's not too busy and they will have a lovely time. I love doing that. So, um, so that's a great way to get the photos sorted out, which is often the main barrier, particularly for women to go online. I don't have the right look. I don't have my hair done. Sure. Again, after the hairdresser. Exactly right. They've got great lighting. It's all about timing. Yeah, ask the hairdresser to take a photo of you. So Great. They I often have that. a great couch to sit on. Yeah, exactly. So, yes. so yeah, use your though. network that way. I think that it's about having a really good summary. And it doesn't need to be an essay, but have a couple of points that you're really interested in. So you're passionate about whatever role it is, or you're a really good communicator, or these are the things that you've done in the past. So it can be two to three lines. Think about it as an elevator pitch. Test it a few times with friends. Often it's very hard to write about yourself. I find it really difficult. Very happy to help others. I will send mine out for to anyone who will look at it for me and buy them a coffee or a glass of wine and say, fix this for me. Awesome. So yes. it doesn't matter how much work experience you've got, it's still the hardest thing you'll do. Okay. Make sure you've curated some work experience or if there's been a big gap or you're coming back into the workforce, talk about some of the experiences you've had, so that, you know, the community work you might have done or even just juggling stakeholders which might be running between picking up the kids take them to sport that's a stakeholder management exercise it's probably much harder than the workplace absolutely absolutely and we were just talking a yeah. little before about how some of those skills i know we Amazing. deviate slightly yeah. can be so incredibly yeah. transferable into the workplace absolutely. those skills that we acquire whilst running the house being yeah. a domestic engineer are incredible absolutely and if, when we look at it's such a big time of change at the moment and i think that's so exciting i think it opens up Huge forums for people to come into the workplace. They might have felt a bit excluded and you know, choices have shifted over time and want to come back into the workplace or change their career. When we look at what's really valuable and the things that have always made employees successful, whether they're doing the call centre role or the CEO, it's been the ability to communicate, mm -hmm. ability to solve problems, comfortable with ambiguity, you know, curious and ongoing learning. I've kind of, and I think the World Economic Forum has recently done a study about these are the attributes that are really key to being successful in the future of work. So it doesn't matter if you've got a, a great degree that you used 20 years ago and haven't done anything with. These skills that you've built up just building your life okay. are really critical because that life experience can actually be the most valuable part when you're faced with a situation in the workplace. You think, how do we get here? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you know how to solve a problem. Like, let's just break it down. Who do we need to communicate to? What's the issue? And get under the ground of that, under the bottom of that problem. That's fantastic. Okay. And so when we think about those sort of skills, everyone has them. Yes, they do. In in life. We yes, don't always do. use them in the workplace. No, okay. So, so weave those into your LinkedIn. Absolutely. Put them in as key skills. LinkedIn has a great spot for key skill stuff. So really maximize those and think about what technical skills you might have. And if you're in the workforce, mm. absolutely use it. It's free text. So I would recommend filling it up. And the Good. reason that's important is a lot of search engines now, particularly for talent recruitment activities, are looking for keywords. Mm. So think about the okay. words you want to use, communication, team member, team leader, strategic thinker, problem solver. Okay. Those words we don't traditionally put on a CV are actually really important to okay. put on LinkedIn because what you're doing by having a profile on LinkedIn is creating a 24-7 recruitment assistance for you as an individual because it will go out while you're sleeping, while you're having a coffee, and just put you in front of talent machines and talent people, and you'll get into their databases, and that's where they'll be searching for new candidates to come through in a very competitive market. So okay. the more you're in front of people, even if you're not ringing and cold calling them, LinkedIn can do it for you, as, as the rest of your social footprint can, and that's a really lovely way to get across opportunities that might not be there if you're not on, online yeah. or out networking every day. So. so interesting, isn't it? So we're really putting ourselves at a disadvantage. Yeah. I'm going to say that word. I don't. No, no judgment again for those that don't yeah. want to, but we yeah. are really disadvantaging, disadvantaging ourselves if we actually don't have this social media aspect yeah. sorted when we come to our, I mean, our personal I, brand. I, I really agree in terms of just it may not even be – missing out on jobs it's actually missing out on new trends emerging that keep you up to speed with what skills are needed there's probably one individual i've worked with in the past who doesn't need a social footprint as much as um, anyone else but he you know is at the end of his career in terms of where he's built he's you know he's in his mid-50s but he's also such a great operator that he doesn't need to think about 
business coming to him because he's built such a network over the last 30 years of his career in a very specialised area and he actually deliberately wants some intervention before that so he needs recommendations to come to him. So he's making a deliberate choice but he can afford to and equally he's financially successful enough to be able to make that choice but that is very much... He's the 0.1%. 0.1%. Not even the 1%, and the 0.1%, yes. When I talk to him about this, he's making an active choice. I understand. Which is very different to not being on there by just... No effort. Of so course. he's got family, friends online. He has, he's very social. But from a work perspective, he's made a deliberate choice and he makes that very clear to his network that he won't connect. So he's constantly telling people. So he probably spends more time telling people why he's not, but okay. it's very clear. For, but for everyone else, I think it's really hard to stay up to date with all of our different juggling activities. Social media can also curate research to you. So the thing I love about social media in a really busy life and, and traveling a lot is I can wake up every morning and if I need to find out something in a hurry, Twitter has curated five key topics on areas I'm interested in. LinkedIn will give me some stories and Facebook will share with me some research. So that when I go into a meeting, if I haven't had enough time to prepare as much as I want to and I want to be <laughs> over-prepared. Of course, we all do, yes, totally. But you know, those little snippets you can read in one line can start a wonderful conversation. You don't have to have the answer. It's actually about the conversation. I heard this this morning. How, do you know anything about it? It can be a wonderful opening. Or you can see something and share it with your network. In the way that we would do normally, you hear something and think, oh, I think so-and-so would love to know that yes, cake's available for birthdays. We also share that with leadership articles, and I would do that. Anyway, social media makes it so much easier. So much easier. So can we just break that down a little bit? Yes. No, if, if, if some of our, if some of our listeners... I go high level. No, I love yes. high level. I love, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a macro person as well. Yeah. But how does that actually work? So if I've never set up Twitter or Facebook or, or LinkedIn mm. to do that, how would I go about doing that? Well, in LinkedIn, I mean, it, you start following people. So start connecting. And I think the best thing to do when you want to start building a network online is to give them a reason. So there's randomly spamming people that you haven't connected with for a while. They might recognise your name or they might recognise your photo but they don't know what you're doing. So maybe reaching out, going, I haven't, I'm coming back into the workplace, I'd love to connect. It can be as simple as that. Or I really like what you're doing in your industry or I'm really interested in a role like yours. Can we connect? Um, or and just that's a, a little message. So you send message. them a follow request and yep. then you'd accompany that with the yep. message. So if you do it on your laptop, the, the iPhone or the, the smartphones sometimes don't let you do it on the LinkedIn app on the phone. But if you're doing that on your laptop, you can add a note. And I think that's nine times out of ten that will get you a connection and build your network. I think reaching out to recruitment consultants can be a really powerful way okay. to, to build a network around jobs if that's what you're looking for. And actually also what happens is that if you're connecting to someone, you're also connecting into their, their network. You won't know who that is, but you'll start to see other people pop up. So it becomes a lovely okay. expansion type Good. of way of building a network very easy. For Facebook um, and Instagram, really, if you're thinking about it only for work purposes, it's think about how is that relevant for your industry. If it's more, say, law firms, where sure. they can be a little bit more reticent around that, not always. I've got a number of laws, lawyer friends who are online. Um, it's actually about following the organisations because a lot of organisations now will share videos of what's happening in the workplace. gives you really good insight into the type of culture that's there. You can follow some of their articles and leadership insights and get a sense of what's important okay. to that organisation, whether that aligns with your values. Because if you align the values, that's great. So again, same photo you might have on LinkedIn, on Facebook, if you're only using yes. it for work purposes I think that's great makes it easy for them to find you of course that's what you're looking for Twitter again um, I think is fabulous it's my favorite platform isn't that interesting I just love it yeah. because you can connect directly yes. but it takes a bit of time it I does take time three months trying to figure out what on earth it was spending okay. a lot of time blocking <laughs> yes six months that. in I probably retweeted something as my first ever post and now I use it as my platform for making conference notes and I'll tweet in real time as you build it up. So again, I think that's a really important part with social media. I've been in everyone's shoes. I'm not a technology person, as you would know, Alex. You don't do a bad job. Yes, You're selling yourself well, a little I, bit I short, my friend. Team, you sell yourself a bit um, short. I can navigate a smartphone extremely well, but that's more about social. But um, I think it's about just getting online and building that network and practicing. So okay. you don't have to respond immediately. Okay. Our conversation style is to respond immediately. If you're not sure, take your time. Put it in word. Check the grammar, spelling. Come back when it suits you. We always say in, before social media, put it in draft if you're not sure. That same thing applies on social media. You don't have to respond 
straight away and if you feel you do you can always say i'll come back to you later yeah exactly be back in touch exactly yeah okay. so those sort of offline behaviors and skills can apply online and online can amplify what we can do offline okay that's good so it doesn't have to be stressful we can oh, take no. our time and yep. take it at our own pace absolutely so sorry just back on linkedin sorry. okay so so no 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 it's all good so much to cover so much yep. material so back on linkedin okay we talked about so we're going to follow people yep. we're going to follow them and ideally send yep. them a little message so yes. it's not just a random spam yep. exactly. we're going to maybe find if we're looking for a job some recruiters in the area absolutely. that yep. you know in our yep. industry and then perhaps in terms of curating articles, so just yeah. say, for example, I want to get back into all well, my backgrounds in PR, just say I wanted to really ramp that up. How would I then find articles that are relevant to me in PR? Well, you could search. I mean, there's a couple of ways, really. One is other industries or companies you really like, you think do it really well, follow them. Follow the companies and um, as in addition to the individuals yeah, that work for the companies. because they will publish things in their own entity. Right. That's where Facebook oh, and Twitter okay. can be really great mm. to follow because it's a little bit more conversation yes. than LinkedIn is. You can just do a hashtag of, say, PR or communications okay. and see what stories pop up around that. Right. Um, I also recommend you follow thought leadership institutions. So sometimes the universities, I know Harvard do a lot of things. You know those ones that you you read a lot or you get put in front of you when you're at university? They actually are really, they're much more accessible now than they were probably 20 years ago. There's lots of blogs. So you can actually just even Google leadership or particular roles and see who pops up in the first three pages. Right. And if you feel comfortable that they're credible, follow them and start following them through the social media platforms. And what that does is it tells those platforms you're interested in these topics and they'll start to feed you aligned companies, individuals or articles. Okay. And that's how I've built up a lot of insights into some of the things I knew nothing about. Interesting, okay. Um, and I also have to make sure I give myself time limits. Yes, <laughs> so of course. You don't go down those rabbit holes. Oh, those rabbit holes. I think with LinkedIn, it's, it's really about the summary in terms of the key summary at the top, because that's what people might see. It's right next to your photo. Putting in where you've worked. Just a summary of my, of my, of my of journey, of my experience. Yep. If you've lived in different countries, make sure you pop that in. Okay because, and you can choose into different, because that's a wonderful story to tell if you haven't had a lot of work experience, but a number of friends have, have run the household while their partner has been an expat for a big company for, for many years. So they've been great at building networks, finding and settling the family and the lifestyle into whatever community. Incredible skill set. Exactly. Incredible. And yep. so putting those countries into where you, into the summary of the work experience, can be really valuable because it tells such a great story about how you'd be adaptable course, <laughs> to evolving yeah. workplaces. And that's a wonderful skill going forward. Any volunteer experience and just following the guidelines that LinkedIn on their template are set up, it's quite easy to follow. Again, the keywords and where you think appropriate, just start looking at groups and interests because again, that will start to feed through opportunities to network on new articles. So when you say groups and interests, groups and interests are people that I follow? Well, actually in LinkedIn, they right. might start to give you ideas, but if you just popped in, so you're interested in technology, where is Bill Gates? Where is Microsoft? Where is Melinda Gates? Yes. That will start popping up articles and then that will follow on okay. other ways of staying in touch. But if okay. you're interested in working for a particular company, yep. absolutely follow them. When I was recruiting, I would absolutely check if they were following our company because it's the easiest way to do research on who you're meeting and what the company's latest corporate announcement might be or what's happening internally, what the latest sales team activity might be, or if there's been a team event, getting to know the faces of some of the people we might be working with, or even just that bit of small talk, I saw you had a team event, is much more interesting than how's the weather today. <laughs> Far more interesting, absolutely. So once yeah. you've got that, you also feel a little bit more confident walking into the room too. You okay. know that you've got things sorted out. You've covered that vacuum of information mm. so it aligns with your CV. It's not a replication of your CV, but there's wonderful small talk opportunities Absolutely. for both of you. And remember, sometimes the interviewer is even more nervous than the candidate. Look, that is such a good reminder, isn't yeah. it? Such yeah. a good reminder. No, I, I, I love that. And then if we talk Twitter, yeah. so how would you, you know, a couple of, couple of tips for, for newbies on Twitter yeah. who want to ramp up their career, that's their aim for getting on? Yeah, Twitter, I mean... I could spend hours on Twitter. It is fabulous. I think the thing I love about it the most is once you've set it up and you're comfortable with it, we'll get back to that, you are talking to decision makers. You are talking nine times out of 10 to the person who is making that post. Um, and if you are following particular groups, you'll introduce over a short space of time, I'm talking days and weeks, not months, you'll start to see who the thought leaders are in that space. And I've met some wonderful people in the tech space and recruiting and thought leadership that I would never have found through my normal channels because they're just 
talking on Twitter and engaging in a conversation. And it's also, if you're looking to make a work connection or build a business, the fastest one to come offline. But what I love about Twitter is it's a really beautiful mix of personal and professional. I love that. That's my favorite part about so it. So when you totally look agree. at the bio, you, can, you really get a sense of what's interesting. Yes. And most people say, look, I might be an HR person or I might be a senior executive, but I do surfing or I'm a dad. And so it really brings how that authentic person. I totally agree, to Fiona. Love. Yeah. And yeah. one of my favorites, actually, politics aside, um, and I'm pretty agnostic about it, but is Hillary Clinton. Because her Twitter bio is, you know, there's so many ways she could have gone and, and all the politics, but it starts off as mum, wife, grandma, then pants aficionado, secretary of state, former first lady, you know, a massive check, but it's a lovely way. So have a look at people like that and how they've done it. Because there's a lot in that that is humorous, it's very personal, yes. it's about her as a woman and, and her advocacy for women's issues. But she's a really great example when you think, well, that's someone who presents very seriously that they would talk about their amazing career achievements but really it starts off with who she is and what she values. The personal. Yeah. I think that's wonderful. I think so, that's wonderful. And then it's just actually following and as I was saying earlier just listen for a while but I often give the, the story that if you're at a party and someone who's being a bit obnoxious or a bit rude you wouldn't engage in a conversation with them at a party. So my theory in taking that online is block and block early. So you don't have to put up with bad behavior online. Um, if it's really bad, you can report it. But I find blocking and the algorithm learns very quickly that this is not appropriate. Um, and we don't like conflict as a culture here. And certainly as when we, we like to be very inclusive on the whole. So we find it more harder, I think, than others to, to block people. But it's not rude. They don't necessarily know. But this is your space on the internet. This is your space to come to and think about, when we're talking about a career, what you want to know in a way that suits you. So if people are popping up. And I curate my network on a regular basis once a month and I think there are some people I'd see at a conference but I don't necessarily think they would be part of my network sure I understand um, because you are defined by the people you surround you yourself are. with you know, my mother's saying when I was little comes to life on a regular basis <laughs> Again, my mum was right. She was ahead of her time, absolutely. Yes, yeah. So so I think that um, when, it, when it comes to um, women who haven't been online, um, thinking about taking that step, yeah. a lot of people really are a little bit nervous about, you know, the perception yeah. of online hate or trolling yes. or yeah. even you know, bullying, which is a big yeah. term. Mm. Um, I have had some extensive experiences on the mm. receiving end of that mm. and as time has progressed I've uh, I've my skin has have got a little bit thicker and you know I'm, I, I laugh it off now yeah. but initially it really really rattled me but yeah. I think your advice about blocking and blocking mm. early is yeah so important but I also think we need to possibly be prepared for the for the possibility yeah. that it will happen yeah. you know that, that it, is, it is probably likely along your social media journey that someone's going to annoy you they may be rude to you they may be inappropriate with you yeah. just cut them out of your life Absolutely. block them and block move them. on don't don't dwell on it yeah. because it happens to everybody it's not yeah. a personal thing it's, it's just it, the nature of the online it's world it's really personal is, yeah um, and it's really sad I find it really heartbreaking <laughs> when oh. this happens I mean I'm lucky that I haven't had much of it but that's because I blocked early Good on you no it's um, a great approach it's probably just legacy of hr <laughs> issues you just learn to yep. walk away shut it stuff. down but i think then if you are using the platforms well and in a way that is comfortable for you your conversation style will come through and those people will drop away yes of course anyway of but, course you know when they do occasionally pop up i'm very comfortable still to block hmm. um or just disengage and if i think it's someone or if it is someone i know i will sometimes say why um, because i might want to keep the friendship offline but it's not appropriate online. No. And I'll say, look, I'm really not comfortable with the views you're sharing. They're new to me that you held them. Um, it's not relevant to my network, and I, I keep that very tightly held. Okay, so, and you would disconnect from that. And, yeah, yeah okay, absolutely. Good on you. Yeah. Because if, you know, sometimes you do want to keep the offline friendship if there's someone in your network, and it's often a question we get in some of our seminars, particularly from people who've lived or worked or are from Asian countries where it's really important to connect with your whole community then groups become really important. You can silence those but still be seen as part of it. Yes, no, I so appreciate that. So play with all those privacy yes. leaders that those platforms have. Yeah. They're getting better. They they're are not, getting better. They're not perfect. No, they're not. But you know, this is about you taking control of, of your environment and think about your social media spaces. It's another room in your house 
And who would you let in there and who would you want to have in there and how would you entertain? That is a great way of thinking about it. Like a spare bedroom. Yeah, You know, how would you manage that? Who are you going to let in? Who's not welcome at all? Exactly. And which rooms you might have them in. The one in the back is for the friends and the party. (laughs) But the really fancy one that's freshly renovated. Exactly, yes. Well, the best friend gets that. Okay, you know, that's really, really interesting. Um, And look, let's just talk about digital footprints. So Mm. in my my other life, obviously, as Cyber Mum, this is something I I write and talk about and people ask me about regularly. So your digital footprint really is, I suppose, your online personal brand, the impression yeah. people gain of you yeah. whilst Googling you and interacting with you online. And uh, and and so my job as Cyber Mum is to help parents help their kids manage their digital footprint because we all know that uh, when they're younger and hormones are raging or, you know, their yes. brain possibly may not be quite mm-hmm. developed, mm-hmm. Part, you know, decisions, the right decision isn't always made about sharing online, whether it's an inappropriate pic or a rant. Yep. So, but it's really important as adults, digital mm-hmm. footprint is, is as important. Yeah. So it goes without saying, make sure your digital footprint is, is clean and yep. represents you well. But have you ever had to deal with a case where somebody has had a poor digital footprint mm-hmm. and they've really wanted to ramp themselves up for a new job? How have you helped them address that? It's a good question. We've had a couple of scenarios that way. And so not so much ramping up, but we have one... Um, Candidate who came to us who didn't get a job because of the way they were talking online. So he was a great fit for the role. He sort of reached out. He was from the US, and we got this request overnight. Um, Can you tell me where I, what part of my platform wasn't successful? Because I got this very generic feedback: your online footprint doesn't align with our values. And so we helped him understand it was actually not what he was saying, it was how he was saying it. It was about politics in the US. It was around the time of the Trump election, so things are a bit heated in the US. And you know, his, his points were actually not aggressive. It was the tone he was sharing. So we coached him around when he's communicating to think about how he's communicating because he wouldn't do that in the workplace. And he actually reflected and said, well, I was just responding quickly in what I thought was a conversational pattern, but I wouldn't do that in real life. And, and he said, actually, that's a really good insight for me to reflect on how I communicate online because it created an impression that I was quick to judge and actually... That was not the case. Okay. And it was someone he knew too, and they, they knew that he wasn't be, he wasn't judging them, but it was a really he lost a job because of that. Gosh, okay. Um, so he then went on to do some work. But there's a lovely story, and we've had executives where we haven't had a big digital footprint and because they've been busy and it, you know, because we've had a reunion of a certain age, yes. we didn't start off with this in our careers. And no, I we really didn't. wish we had because it's a wonderful tool to make things easy and stay in touch with a whole range of people and, and issues. But he hadn't been online as a marketing director and he um, he had the unfortunate scenario, which we all do actually, of having 10 other people with a similar name to him once you Google search him. But unfortunately, one of these people had a very big criminal history and some of the crimes were particularly hideous but the other challenge for him was oh dear that's unfortunate that he'd taken a sabbatical you know he's young traveling around the uk as many of us have done we're taking some time out of our careers in our 20s and he actually was in the same small town in the so if it'd been london you could have gone you could be anyone but a small town a bit of a gap in his cv and he was very similar looking to this guy too so a quick Google search could have resulted in him going, is he this criminal or is he this senior marketing director? Oh, because my goodness. his footprint was very oh. vague. And, of course, the crimes are so significant that this other guy had t- the majority of the first two pages of Google. So we worked with him and recommended, you know, start reposting articles, start tidying up your LinkedIn. So all of his work was great. And when you did target him on Google search, amazing achievements. And as a marketing director, you expect someone to be telling a good story and have the best profile. But often we know the people who are the best at it often have the worst. So for him, it was a massive difference in being able to differentiate himself Mm. online. Mm. Um, And another one I really liked was it was not so much boosting their profile, but very particular to a lot of issues women have online is that we have a CV that is very structured and, and probably in tone, very corporate, not much warmth, not much personality, and very much a list of facts and achievements. And so we were working with a CFO who'd won an enormous amount of awards and yeah, I knew of by reputation but didn't know personally. And she, I looked at her CV and I thought, well, I would, if I was in a corporate role again, I would absolutely interview you. But looking at the tone of the CV, I'd be super worried that you were very aggressive in your leadership style, that you might create a lot of successes at one end of the business but leave paths of destruction or, or all kinds of problems behind you. When we looked at her social footprint, incredible, 
really lovely mix of professional and personal networks but really lovely warmth coming through, which absolutely explained all these wonderful industry leadership awards that she'd won. Mm. And that was one of the disconnects we had with the CV. It was like, how could you win these awards with this kind of tone? Um, what was going on there? But once we put the two together, the whole pitch, the whole authentic person made, made absolute sense. sense. And so we just guided her to think about putting some of that warmth into the CV because workplaces are changing, leadership teams are really wanting leadership skills not technical skills yes. and bring some of that achievement orientation into some of her platforms not all of them because they're not all she wasn't using all of them for work but just to really highlight and there was so people only googling her they'd get the achievements yep. plus the warmth and the leadership teams and boards that she was talking to would just have no issues hiring her and so again her choices were wider because of just mixing those two but you know, there's so many people who would be in that situation where yes. they think, this is what I was taught. Of course. But how do I share these two? And that's where you can get a really good balance with social media. Absolutely. And CVs, so. so if I think about the social index, or mm. actually, let's talk about the social index mm. and what that can do. So yeah. you actually combine both an analysis of someone's online footprint yeah. with the tone and the verbiage, for want yes. of a better word, in their CV yeah. to help a potential candidate put both aspects together and put them in the best position to try and get another career or, or to, to get another job or an opportunity yeah. or a promotion internally. Is that the 25 words or less summary? That's perfect. Okay. Borrow that as no problem. <laughs> That's all good. That's all good. Okay. Yeah. So then, so would you rate, like, would you rate social, your online presence as important as your CV? I would now. Okay. And I'm not going to say that because we're in this space. It's, it's something that I've been across for a number of years, even when I was in London, you know, we were recruiting for executives based on their reputation and mm. measuring their reputation. And it was a bit of an art and science. There were some stats we could go to, but also their fit. And that would determine the size of their salary. So this has been going on mm, for a long okay. time. So there's money involved, there's people. There's money involved. Yes. Um, so there's a couple of things when I, we look at what we're doing. I, partly I wanted to make sure that everyone had access to that kind of tool set. So when you're talking executives, they've probably had a 20-plus career where they've had marketing and other teams really advocate for them along their career journey. And it's been quite a hierarchical journey. So you've gone from junior, mid, senior, executive. Yes. And those sort of landmarks are quite well known. Now most careers are a bit of a zigzag. You might take a sideways step to get some experience, step out of the market for a while, jump ahead a couple of steps, go back, all cut, change industries. All of that's very common now. Okay. So using your social footprint, what we do is we want to understand, we want to help people understand how, what first impression they're making, right. basically. So we can tell you how your communication might be interpreted. So like that guy who missed out on that job, it was the tone and style of his communication, not the content. Interesting. Okay. So, so if I signed up, I would, mm. I would give you access to my, to my social media. Well, what we, we, we are very candidate centric and very permission. So it's all about consent. We don't want any passwords. We don't know. We, so we only look at what's in the public domain. So what an employer would say about you, what a Terrific. colleague or a team member. So if anyone does ask you for passwords, run a mile. Yes. Good. No, I love there that. Is, as does cyber mum. Terrific. Yes. yes. Yep, no passwords. Passwords should be shared and if they're Never. asked for, you know, that should send up a red flag about how that organisation okay. really thinks I about agree. its employees and its values and, and culture. So we will just get your permission on the main sites we look at now, which is Facebook, LinkedIn and Twitter. And we have a mix of people. Some have all of them in spades and some have guest appearances on one and, sure. and nothing on others. Um, and then what we do, particularly in our more comprehensive report, is we can pull through some stats for you that show you that when you're posting, so if you haven't worked for a while and you want to get into a communications role, but you do post a lot, we can show, look, you're posting Tuesdays to Thursdays, 10 to 4, and you're creating stories. That's perfect for a communications role because you'll be online a lot of time. We find that with a lot with journalists. Okay. There's a great story back into some of their, when they were talking to their editor, going, well, look, I'm doing a great job because look at what I'm posting. And, of course, there was some obvious humour back saying we know because we see the articles. Yes. <laughs> but you forget sometimes. Sure. Um, we look at, you know, we show you where there might be a gap in your CV. Then that just might be a typo on LinkedIn. But it's not easy sometimes to see that. Or we might say, look, this, we can show you some gaps between what you put on LinkedIn and what your CV is saying. So you can actually tidy that up so there's no gap or mistakes between what you do offline and online. Okay. But the real fun stuff for us and, and the conversations we have with people is actually showing the skills that they are really good at, but probably because they're good at undervalued. So the communication skills, we can pick all that up and recommend, look, you you seem really good at communication. We can break down those skills. These are your technical skills. These are your soft skills, but we're not seeing your soft skills anywhere noted 
or called out on your CV or on your LinkedIn profile or elsewhere. Uh, we might be able to show you um, how you might adjust and optimise your footprint. But for those taking the comprehensive report, we can also show how you appear online, what your personality right, is lovely. conveying yes. because of what you're communicating. And we don't need a lot of communication for that. I mean, obviously more is better and we'll certainly caveat it. But even from your CV, we can give you a sense of how you're perceived. And if you know, and really it shows your values. And what I like about that is it just shows to people, these are things that are important to me. And we only look at the lens of the workplace. But you know, if your values are aligned to the organization or job you're going to, you've got a better chance of being successful there because you you kind of have that fit. And I know it's a big word we use or overuse, but if you go to a place that feels comfortable, you're going to put a bit more effort in. You're going to feel you've got colleagues and friends there. It's a place you want to go to. We don't want to have that Sunday night, oh God, it's Monday scenario on a week. We might have that for occasional meetings, but if that's your lived experience, that's a very hard way to go to work. It's the wrong fit, it's isn't it? Fit. It's the wrong fit. And we've all yep. had jobs where we, we might take it for economic reasons or sure. for a development reason, but having an exit strategy is really important because you can get sucked into that. So understanding what values are important to you, what you need from a workplace. So if you're quite extroverted and you're going to a place that's very introverted, how do you navigate that? I mean, I'm quite extroverted, but I've worked in places where Yeah, no, I have to. That's is, hard. It's super really hard. hard. Yes. So, you know, there are times when I wander the shopping centre chatting to retirees <laughs> yes. just to get my fix. Yeah, totally. But, you know, it's finding that balance because that's important. Okay. So you can advise on that basically yep. based on my online footprint yep. and also my CV, yep. what the right fit would be for me in a potential organisation. Absolutely. Okay, great. So, and, you know, as we're starting to build some insights, mm. you know, what skills are needed mm. as you transfer out of one industry to another. Okay. But for that, optimised ones will give you tips. And then we've got diluted versions that, okay. you know, if someone just wants to get started, probably less tips, a bit more, and we'll give you articles. And great. it's a space we play in. Like we would read these articles anyway. And again, sharing those out, like these might be things like here's the top 10 things to do to build your LinkedIn profile. Terrific. Happy okay. to share insights. Or here's a Harvard article we thought based on what you've shared yes. and are sharing online, this might help you think about your profile in the way you want to grow it. So okay. we probably have something in our huge database of articles that we've saved. I mean, quite often I will be reading Facebook, save an article, go back on a Friday morning over a coffee and start thinking about who would who would benefit from reading that article and how do we put it on online for all of our subscribers and clients to use. So. Okay, fantastic. And look, I have to say that what a great Aussie success story. I know, oh, I know, I know, I know yes. we're, we're in, the, in the startup mode, but hey, yeah. it's a fantastic yes. idea. Thank and you. not happening anywhere else, I don't believe. No, we don't really mm. have any. I mean, the, our closest competitor is anyone who does a Google search, but that's wow. hugely unstructured and low bias. So the engine that we've built really targets cleansing that data mm. and then putting it into the frame of a workplace so you know and we don't share photos or anything like that so if you did want to share it with a potential client or recruit and say look this is my footprint that's up to you um, but it's a really nice way to showcase an online CV which is a reflection of your digital footprint so those conversations for us are super positive and we spend a lot of time with clients now globally um, we've got Terrific. a good base in the UK and here. It's fantastic. And it's wonderful. It's so exciting to see it grow and grow organically with where clients have needed it. So we spend time with people doing career change, people who are thinking about what's my next step, how do I build this understanding of what's happening online and what am I missing out on mm. and how do I access it and how do I actually just stay in touch yes. and build my network because yes. quite often it's your network that will give you the job, oh, isn't not, not day-to-day CCADs or a LinkedIn job profile. Although important, it's going to be the conversation at the school gate has happened to a friend of mine or... Happened to me. Yep. So I've got two jobs actually. Two jobs, yeah. absolutely. Down playing tennis or having a lunch or it might be a church group or, or it might just be a coffee shop conversation where you bump into someone or they see you reading an article and have a conversation. Mm. So 10 minutes, I bumped into someone the other day and they've recommended me to a client and it was literally... We're outside of Woolies Metro near Wynyard. Terrific. I love it. <laughs> so you don't need to have an office no, to have a, you a network don't. and a, a new client experience. You so, don't. But it's been wonderful over the last couple of years to really see this grow. It's wonderful, Fiona. Thanks, Fiona. And we do it from sort of graduates at you know coming out of MBA schools and business schools okay. and some undergrads right through to the C-suite. Okay, so undergrads as well. Okay, so yeah. I know a lot of people listening to this have got uh, university-aged students yeah. um, and, and fresh graduates, so you yeah. could possibly also help them really start to structure their CV, start, start afresh. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay we, that's we, great to know. We wouldn't recommend this for high school students. I no. think the schools have such great programs 
They've got too much to worry about. And anyone looking at someone's digital footprint under 18, that's I'm just sorry. a bit rough. I agree. Yes. Give them a break. Exactly. Yeah. And even under 21. But, you know, we know as you're coming to graduate programs, that's important. And frankly, there's often quite a lot smarter than some of our executives that we see who, because they've grown up with it and everything's online. They have a very different view of, course. of it. But actually what we do with those students is really help them translate that into the workplace. They've got no real experience what a workplace conversation looks like. Right. So, okay. Wonderful networks, wonderful experience, great enthusiasm. It's really fun. Fun, but how do you then translate that for a mid or senior level manager to understand what you bring to the table other than just strong curiosity, a reasonable degree, sometimes great. Yes. <laughs> but you know, the university is about building those networks and experiences. So, okay. and if they've made a mistake, we talk them through how to manage that. Lovely. Quite often, it's making mistakes and learning from them makes you a more valuable employee. Oh, I think that's really valid. Than someone who's got a perfect footprint because you think, how how do mm. they cope with when mm. things go wrong? Because mm. nothing runs smoothly, despite all of our best intentions. That's guaranteed. That's one thing <laughs> yes. life guarantees, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Always when I put a list out, yep. today's going to run like this, I can guarantee none of that list will happen. No, exactly. So, there'll be bumps and there'll bumps, be hurdles. Exactly. That's one thing that's guaranteed. Well, look, I think that is incredibly valuable. I thank you so much for your time, Fiona. Well, it's been a pleasure to be part of it. Mm. Wonderful to catch up very very good oh there's nothing better there's nothing better than old school friends i don't think and you know we still look as 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 fresh and young as we did absolutely 30 years ago my friends so (laughs) it's all good it's all good now if people want to find you and the social index how can they do that probably there's two ways probably the best way is our website that will give you a really good insight into what we do and that's w the social index.com it's it you'll think you remember that yes exactly um but equally feel free to follow us on linkedin um, Twitter or Facebook because we often curate articles when we're revamping that over the next couple of weeks. Great. So really getting set up for when people are thinking about their careers over the Christmas break. But if you've got a particular concern or, or anything, just drop me a note. I'm more mm. than happy. And, and LinkedIn's a great channel to do that because I know some people get very worried and, you know, whether it's a small job or a, a massive career change, it's still life-changing. So Oh, it is. And so important. Yeah. So important. You the know, only I... tip I would leave would be to say, maybe give yourself an hour or so, once a week or once a month in a time that suits you to invest in this because, of, you know, an hour over a coffee checking out your social footprint could result in tens of thousands of dollars from a job yeah, or a just great. rewarding volunteer experience. Yeah. It's a good return for a cup of coffee. Yeah, that's great, actually. So what we might do then is just actually quickly for all the listeners run through maybe a couple of, say, four or five yep. tips yep. that they can actually take away today and they think, right, I've got an action plan. Yes. Okay, so what would your top tips be? Get a professional photo if you don't have one. As we said, smartphone portrait mode is, is as Sandstone. much... Sandstone. Exactly, yep. Whatever background flutters you, take that and don't spend any money on it. Make sure that you Google yourself. See yes, what other people might advice. see about you. Um, think about how you want to be presented. And if you haven't got anything online and are looking to start, LinkedIn's probably your easiest channel to do that. Um, fourthly, I think follow articles and start getting following articles and in industries that you're interested in. It's a great way to feel, A, reassured that you know more than you've probably given yourself credit for and a great way to find out what the new topics and themes are for that industry. So again, you feel a little bit more in control. And finally, and most importantly with anything on social media, is build those connections, but take them offline and have a coffee or a connection with them, whether it's a phone call, and really build that network in the way that you want to, because that's where the value of social media is and taking it offline. And there are some people I won't meet, but we have conversations. It's even got to the point where someone sends me recipes for new cakes <laughs> that we've made Wonderful. on Twitter. You might share some leadership articles, but, you know. Some cakes, cakes too. Cakes too. Love it. So My sort of girl. are the top tips I'd recommend yeah, just to get great. started and just have a go. Yeah. You know, if you don't have a presence, you're not sure, having a go will at least enable you to choose whether that's for you or not. I think a lot of people aren't making that active choice, but it's a lot more fun and a lot easier and a lot more time efficient than an outsider's view would, yeah. would give So don't get stressed. Don't, don't get, get psyched stressed. out. You no. can do this. Have a couple of goes. Yep. You might want to dip in and out a bit, yep. but yep. just starting. Give yourself some time. And yep. there is also such a plethora of knowledge available yep. online. So if you're unsure how to start yep. on Twitter, and we've obviously covered a bit of it today, yep. but if you need it broken down yep. into even babier steps, that's yep. okay. No problem. Yep. Don't don't beat yourself up. But there would be probably 500 articles that would be able to assist Easy. you. YouTube. Exactly. YouTube Biggest is incredible. Biggest education channel in the world. <laughs> exactly right. It is. It matters things I've learned on YouTube. Yeah, how-to yeah. manual is YouTube. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know. And you can do that with Facebook, with Instagram, and with LinkedIn too. So absolutely. just break and it down. Or yes. any of those sites if you're looking at retail. But 
it's perfectly fine to listen. You yeah. don't have to be perfect on day one. Yeah, I know. We weren't with a business. No, no. <laughs> likewise here, I'm likewise. I'm still learning. The more I learn, the more I realise how little I know. I totally agree. Life is a big learning journey. Yes. You know, you never, ever stop. You never, ever stop. The only point I would make, just to reiterate really what you said, is I think that my big takeaway with social media is I know there's, you know, there's so much criticism and, and concern, mm. particularly from parents, but if it is used as a springboard to yeah. further in-person social connection, it can be an incredibly marvellous tool. Yeah. Incredibly marvellous tool. And um, only recently I was uh, discussing the concept of loneliness actually on, mm. on a previous episode and uh, the psychologist that I had, um, that we spoke to, was made the very same point that, you know, if it's mm. an end in itself, you know, it's not always great, no. but if it is a springboard to in-person offline contact, yeah. it is it is remarkable. It is a powerhouse it's, that can set you up and give you an incredible advantage, mm. um, particularly in a career sense, as yeah. we said before. So, I think it's a wonderful, you yeah. absolutely now what the real purpose could be of social media when you choose to use it mm. in a particular mm. way. It can be really powerful. So don't be scared. Get involved because grown-up girls who want a career need social media. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Well, thanks so much for inviting me. Thank it's you, been Fiona. I really appreciate it. So the recipe of the podcast this week is actually for Thai chicken patties. Now, these came about really out of necessity. I had a couple of quite unusual ingredients in my fridge, um, lots of hungry boys, and I needed to be out of the house in an hour and a little bit of Googling, a little bit of inspiration and came up with these. So um, they were a hit with every single member of our family, which really, to be honest, is saying something because I do have one particularly fussy member, not mentioning any names. Um, and they've used chicken mitts, some um, capsicum, some coriander, and also I just threw in some muscle and curry paste, which I have to say I think was the magic ingredient. Um, I just happened to have some left in the fridge, but look, if you've got red curry paste or green or yellow or whatever you've got going, throw it in. It's always good to be a little bit flexible, I think, when you um, when you cook. No point buying something if you've already got it in the fridge. So um, anyway, rolled them up, fried them off, um, and they were amazing. Um, you could actually equally bake them in the oven if you find frying a little bit messy. It can be a little bit messy, let's be honest, but I do think when, you've, when you're coating in flour, it, it really does um, does add a little bit of uh, a crunchy sort of nice texture. But um, anyway, they were a big hit and um, they were great for dinner. We actually had them with some, because um, some, they were all gluten-free, dairy-free effectively, some gluten-free wraps and a salad. Um, but equally, they would be great as a start of the for a dinner party or if you're having a cocktail party, great on a platter with possibly even a toothpick on top and um, and some sweet chili dipping sauce on the side. Um, magic. It, they are really scrumptious and um, I hope you enjoy them as much as my clan did. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Grown Up Girls Report. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And if you haven't yet, go to your favourite podcast app and subscribe And while you're there, why not rate and review this podcast? I'd really love your feedback. Join me next time for another conversation for the grown-up girl. Thank you for listening. Speak soon. Speak soon.